Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. Hope you're doing well. So PewDiePie made some videos that uh, some people found to be in bad taste and unfunny and possibly offensive. And I think one of those people turned out to be PewDiePie himself. And there was quite a kerfuffle and quite a hubbub. But I think, with all due respect, <laughs> everyone seems to be missing the basic point. So a little while ago, I asked my listeners, you, everyone out there, hi, how you doing? What are you up to when you're not working? Or a lot of people are not working. A lot of people are sort of underutilized in school and so on. I said, well, what are you up to? And I got a lot of replies. And the replies were basically, I'm educating myself in the alternative media. I'm educating myself on YouTube. I'm educating myself through podcasts. I am going outside the bounds of brittle social convention and exploring the lush wilderness of original minds. And that is something that's a little hard for the mainstream media and for the baby boomers and so on to, to sort of understand and accept how much of a different world is being carved into being outside the channels of mainstream convention and what a clash of uh, planets uh, is, is coming uh, in the future. Because this political correctness stuff, this sort of rigid, you can't speak this thought crime, it's bad to even have a conception of this, you can't discuss this, it's a hate crime, it's terrible, you're a horrible person, you're a ra This is something that, I mean, come on, guys, I mean, do you forget what it's like to be young? That is just like red flag in front of the giant black bull of youth. So, you know, the idea that, you know, the Wall Street Journal did a hit piece on the guy and, you know, he's, he's, he's going to spend months going over his videos looking for her. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe somebody just wanted to get out of a contract. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, for, for young people who were, you know, staring into the future, like, I don't know what it's like for people. Do they not talk to any... Young people, do they not have any young people who aren't massively overprivileged in their entire environment? Is everyone like Prince Hal and Richie Rich uh, in their circle of friends? I don't know anyone who's dealing with, uh, you know, the, the problems of growing multiculturalism, who's dealing with the problems of debt, who's dealing with the problems of bad education, who's dealing with the uh, problems of underemployment or unemployment uh, triggered by uh, illegal and illegal immigration, uh, who's... I mean, just managed to crawl through this spiky ph uh, pharmaceutical-laced barbed wire of government schools these days. See, and there are no other big issues in the world other than, gosh, let's, let's make a misleading video of PewDiePie in a uniform watching some propaganda and then pretend that he's not being ironic. And, oh, my God. I'm telling you, boomers. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You are looking dangerously ridiculous to the young. Because there are very big issues in the world that the boomers steadfastly refuse to talk about. Right now, with the underemployment of the youth, I mean, there's only so many video games that you can play. They are educating themselves. They're exercising. They're educating themselves in a mindset that is vastly different from anything that most of the boomers have ever conceived of or perceived of. This end of what is that is going on at the moment, like the end of the rule of the baby boomers, for the young, it is a great pause 
They are between jobs. They are unmarried. They are not parents. They are often trapped, you know, under a giant savage millstone of uh, debt. They are, yeah, in the basement, as the phrase goes. You know, to hell with you, society. Oh, you're just living in your parents' basement. Huh? What the hell kind of society did you make where young people are trapped in the basement of their parents' house? The idea that you would shame people when you set up a society where they can't get ahead, where they can't get jobs, where they can't get savings, where they can't buy real estate, where their education was crap. The idea that you're going to crap on people when you've designed a society where this is the best they can do. Oh, my God. Cold-hearted people. Cold-hearted, selfish, virtue-signaling people. This pause that the youth is experiencing is the great pause that instructs. So, this out-of-touchedness, this, it, it, it's, it's shocking to see if you have any idea what's going on with the young, with youth culture. I mean, it's astonishing to see. A couple of days ago, President Trump, yeah, it's still cool, President Trump um, was talking about uh, immigration problems in Sweden. And uh, he mentioned something oh, last night in Sweden, and he was talking about a show that aired on television talking about these issues. And uh, all of the virtue signalers, all, all, they all went to, oh, Sweden is a paradise. Sweden is wonderful. Sweden is lovely. Sweden is excellent. Multiculturalism is working great in Sweden. And they would tweet these pictures of, like, the Swedish chef from the Muppets and, oh, we found the incident in Sweden. Ah, oh, the Muppets. Is funny. We found the incident in Sweden. Somebody had trouble putting Ikea furniture together. Sweden is the rape capital of Europe. Rapes have gone up recently in Sweden over 1,400%. And then... Last night, today, massive riot breaking out in uh, one of the uh, immigrant uh, or migrant ghettos in Sweden. They've not read the police, the policeman's statement about the crime hell that Sweden is sinking into. They, they, it's, it, understand, it's two planets. It's two planets. Like, we used to have society like, okay, everyone has different perspectives. You know, like the old disco ball with little tiny mirrors all over the place. So everyone's kind of in the same room. They're looking at things. They see things slightly differently. That's not where we live anymore. We live in a society where some people think that Sweden is paradise and other people recognize that it's descending into a lawless hell of ethnic conflict and religious conflict. Let's not forget that. This is the... Two planets. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'm not saying everyone who was like the boomers were, were tweeting, but the virtue signalers, the people who are just like, oh, Sweden, yes, yes. Oh, the Swedish incident. Oh, look, look they had free health care. Oh, how terrible. Oh, my God. You don't know. You don't know. And what's worse is you don't even know that you don't know. And when young people look at their society, and young people are, as the phrase goes, woke. They have awakened, right? They're out of the matrix. They're out of propaganda. They have awoken. They see the information that is readily available one click away. And they see all the people who are laughing at the dissolution of a uh, 
European country into lawlessness. And they see people joking about it. And then those same people, they perceive, who have the power, who are in charge, those same people are then lecturing PewDiePie about what kind of jokes he can make. See, you can make jokes about a 1,400-plus increase in rapes. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Funny, right? Funny. But you can't make PewDiePie's jokes. The young... See, the boomers benefited from the national debt. See, the boomers, the older people, they wanted to feel good about helping the poor, but they didn't actually want to pay all the taxes required to help the poor, because if they had they would have understood that it doesn't help the poor. Well, first, it doesn't help the poor. Young people, I think, pretty much understand that. It's one thing to live in the middle class and to say, oh, we're going to give all this money to the poor, we're going to help the poor, and the poor are just somewhere else. But for the young people who grow up in poverty, who grow up in the single mother households because feminism, because um, laws have changed to make it not only easy but profitable to get a divorce, people, I mean, like myself, I grew up in a poor single mother household. And the, I mean, I saw the welfare state up close and personal. I saw how it leeches away the human bones from the human body, turning us into a kind of state-dependent infantile jelly. Oh, but always willing to vote for the left, always willing to vote for more government, and that's what it's all about. So young people have seen the welfare state up close. And they know it doesn't help. They know. Just like they, you know, they've seen multiculturalism up close. Right? They're in the schools where all of these cultures, all of these sometimes opposing belief sets, so there's this conflict, the tension, the bullying, the violence, the gangs. All the people who are multi-diversity, ah, it's good. Well, they're not in schools with people trying to live cheek by jowl with opposing or incompatible belief systems. <sighs> And just think about the national debt as a whole, right? The national debt, the welfare state. Welfare state is sort of the single mom state. But when you think about the national debt as a whole, I just, I mean, just want to ask people who are like older. <laughs> I know, older than me, right? But I just want to ask people who are older. When you have buried the child in staggering amounts, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and unfunded liabilities, like promises the government has made that it doesn't have the money to pay for. When you have buried the young in that kind of debt, where the hell do you think you get the moral authority to lecture the young about the jokes they can make? Where do you get to be humor police when you have buried the young in unsurvivable levels of debt. And this has been known for a long time. Very vivid memory. I was 13. I'd been in Canada for two years. I was in junior high. And a teacher was talking about old age pensions and how we were we were going to have to pay for our old age pensions. But, but, but we'd get to collect our old age pensions in our old age. And there was like this little ripple of laughter that is pretty quiet. Not like that passive-aggressive coughing thing that people do in class. I don't know if they still do, but they did when I was younger. Sniff the photos, Dad. Cough. But there was this little ripple of laughter that went around the classroom. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll be lining up to collect on all of that old-age pension money because it's totally going to be there. 
right? I mean, just delusory. Everybody laughed. This is like almost 40 years ago. So people wanted to help all these other people. They wanted all this free stuff, free healthcare, free charity, free this, free that. But they didn't actually want to pay the taxes for it, so it went massively into debt. The country went massively into debt. How the hell do you care about the young? Ooh, it's a global warming. Arr! Okay, couple of degrees, 100 years. Well, let's say it's all true. Let's, okay, fine. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt before you even get out of high school. Are you kidding me? And of course, if you're really concerned about the environment, national debts are terrible for the environment because they stimulate massive overconsumption in the present. You see, every dollar of national debt is a dollar of produced and consumed and probably wasted resources in the present. So people running up the na- people who are into running up the national debt or people who aren't saying the national debt is unbelievably terrible for the young and must be dealt with and stopped and paid for and we got to stop this trend. They have no credibility with the young in terms of being environmentalists because every dollar you borrow is a dollar that is used to harm the environment. So don't tell me that you care about the environment if you're okay with the national debt or you're not fighting tooth and nail to uh, reduce or remove it. The school situation, you know, this is important to remember. Schools were pretty bad when I was there. But they were pretty bad insofar as they were just incredibly brain-stultifyingly boring. I mean, they were bad, but survivable. They were bad like, you know, your parents take you to a foreign movie and you don't really care to read the subtitles and you just kind of sit there totally bored, staring off into the darkness and hoping there's a sex seed coming up. Because <laughs> foreign film, that was our internet. But... um now, I mean, schools are actually dangerous. I mean, I'm not just talking about the violence and the bullying, which is certainly there in a lot of places, but particularly if you're a boy, I mean, the schools are um, have become so girly-girly, you know, because there was this report that, oh, girls are doing badly, and it turns out it's just nonsense. Like, you know, all, all this stuff turns out to be in general. But, you know, they, they turned schools into, you know, completely girly-centric stuff, which, you know, the boys are bored, and the boys are often raised without fathers, and the boys are restless, and the boys want more physicality, and they want more hands-on activities, and they want to not just sit there like, you know, brain-dead zombies staring at a whiteboard as someone scratches away incomprehensible and irrelevant stuff. I mean, <laughs> boys don't want irrelevant stuff. They want irreverent stuff. Wake us up. So the schools are terrible. And, and what has the solution been? Have everyone, has everyone said, wow, you know, the schools really aren't working for, for the boys. So we, we got to, you know, because we care about our young men and uh, our boys. So we've really got to get in there and we've got to figure out how to make these schools better. And if it means we got to change things, if it means we got to shake things up, if it means we got to get more male teachers in there. Oh, you see, women got to be mentored by other women. We got to really have programs for that, particularly in business and science and mentored. Okay, well, then where are the male teachers for uh, young boys? Well, they barely exist. Barely exist. You know, until you get to late junior high, high school, the vast, vast majority of teachers in primary school are women. So these boys are growing up, single moms, female teachers, no access to male authority, no access to male mentoring. And then they're told that men run everything and it's a patriarchy. Yeah, right. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. You're crazy. And you have no interest in my experience. I understand. So what do they do with the boys? Well, they drug them. They drug them. They stuff them full of adult stimulants, shrinking their brain mass. Because rather than reform the 
schools rather than make the schools better and more interesting, rather than reform society, drug the troublemakers. I mean, that's a Soviet, right? Like if you were in the Soviet Union and you didn't like communism, clearly you were mentally ill and you had to be drugged. And then after saying, well, we're not going to reform the school system to make it better for boys. We're not going to deal with multiculturalism problems. What we're going to do is we're just going to drug people who are not enjoying this environment. Yeah, that's right. That's what comedians should do, right? If you're not laughing at the jokes, they'll just put cocaine in your drinks so they can, can think of themselves as funny. And this, this hypocrisy, you know, migrant crisis and all of that. I mean, it's the kids who are in schools with this, with this stuff, right? And this hypocrisy, you know. Ah, you see, when Europeans go to Africa to extract resources from an unwilling native population, that's evil colonialism. Ah, but you see, when Africans go to Europe to extract resources from an unwilling native population, it's, it's wonderful multiculturalism. It's, it's not. Oh, my God. Because everything is getting worse, you see, and no one can talk about it because there's this ferocious defensiveness on the part of the people in power. Oh, yeah. It's really important to tell the truth. Well, here's the truth I want to talk about. No, no, no. Don't talk about that truth. That's bad. Oh, I can't believe that thought crime. Well, what do you want? Honesty or conformity? Don't lecture people about telling the truth and being honest and having integrity and then pull the kind of crap that you do. If you want, look, if you want to lecture the youth on morality, listen, I, I, I do it, so it, it can be done. But if you want to lecture youth on morality, the first thing you have to do is show that you care for them. You, you don't want... To give the impression that morality is just something that you're inventing to inflict your will on someone else, right? Like, I want you to obey me, but I'm going to call it virtue because I don't want it to be my will versus your will. Because, as the song says, the old get old and the young get stronger, right? So you don't want to be trying to impose your will. You have to invent this thing called morality, which you then club the youth into submission with. But that club is cracked, broken, and crumbling. Because the youth don't feel that the old care about them, right? They were indebted, they were drugged, they were yelled at, they, a lot of them were still spanked and hit, you know. The, the young don't feel that they have a, they're of any priority within society. And, and not only that, not only has society failed them by failing to maintain the freedoms that bred the wealth of the baby boomers, right? Why is there a basement from your parents' house for you to live in? Because your parents got to have all these social programs, the welfare, welfare state, and didn't have to raise all the taxes to pay for them. And that's why there's even a basement for you to live in, right? The richest generation in the history of the planet, the baby boomers, partly because they borrowed. So the boomers, the old, failed to maintain the freedoms that produced the wealth of the old, and now the young are inheriting a giant mess. And, of course, a lot of the boomers... Didn't really have many kids, right? <laughs> and that means a replacement of the native population. And that means demographic challenges and so on. So you have to show that you care about people if you want to instruct them on morality, right? Your dentist cares about your teeth to take care of your teeth. If people don't feel that you care about them, lecturing them on morality is ridiculous. So... The boomers would have to show that they care about the young in order to lecture them about, oh, PewDiePie, you shouldn't make these jokes, that's offensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like the national debt isn't offensive. Like the welfare warfare state, like the permanent underclass, like multicultural problems. 
That's not offensive. But PewDiePie, dressed in a silly uniform, looking at a screen, that's offensive. Madness. You understand from the youth standpoint, it's like, what the hell? What the hell? What is your major malfunction, older people? Oh, you're living in integrity. Be honest. Hmm. Tell the truth. Well, you know, all the studies and general experience of the entire planet show that multiculturalism doesn't work. Oh, no, no. Don't tell the truth about that. Don't tell the truth about any of that. It's just like narcissistic tyranny. Look, old people, you want to instruct the young? It's not that complicated. I'm not saying it's easy. It's just not that complicated. If you want to instruct the young, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is go back in time and be immeasurably better people. Oh, sorry, is it too late for that? Do you, do you lack the technology to do that? Then at least have the humility to stop lecturing the young and step aside. <laughs>